candidates get nervous. When they get nervous, crazy things happen. They fidget. They bring forth really weird speaking habits. They even change their natural speaking accent. Hi, I'm Dava Mills, the Rebellious Recruiter. Have you ever thought about helping a candidate succeed in an interview? I do. I don't want people losing a chance at a job over their nerves. Even sitting in the corporate seat, there's a great benefit to helping people succeed. Nerves happen, but they shouldn't be a barrier to having a great person on your team. So what do you do when you see or hear a candidate get taken over by their nerves? We'll take a seat. Let's chat. A couple weeks ago, we published the conversation I had with Heather Hill. In that conversation, she spoke a bit about helping candidates get ready for an interview and what makes them nervous. Well, a lot makes people nervous. If you meet me in real life, I'm boisterous, full of ideas, and rarely afraid of people. I ask complete strangers for favors. Bring it on. It's amazing what people will do for you if you just ask. Most don't say no, but that's me. I'm on the extreme end of the social spectrum. Most people are closer to what makes the average, but there's still people on the other extreme, or they have personality quirks that show up in weird ways. So take, for instance, a speaking habit I have. It's so over the top, it comes out in my writing. I often go back and edit my writing to get rid of this habit, but it still shows up from time to time. What's the habit? It's me starting my sentences with, so. I know it's there. I try to reel it in. It still happens. And I'm sure more than one person notices during training calls or whatnot. Speaking habits can be the worst. I had one candidate that each time I asked a question started the answer with, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd give me the answer. The issue is that the trifecta of the yes was so distracting that I couldn't focus on what he was telling me. And you know what? No one ever told him he had this habit, and I knew it was keeping him from a job. So what did I do? Hey there, Mr. Candidate. I'm going to stop you for a minute. This is real feedback. I want you to be aware of something you are doing in your interview that is really distracting. Now, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to be embarrassed about it, You don't need to be, but you start each answer with, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's about to happen is I'm going to ask you another question. You're going to start with a yes. You're going to catch yourself and get frustrated. It's okay. This is important because it's distracting to me. And if it's distracting to me, it's certainly going to be distracting to the next interviewer. So go easy on yourself and notice it. I don't expect perfection but I want to help you present the best way you know how. Sure enough, the next question that yeah leaked out. Deep breath, collected thoughts, and then he answered. It happened several more times, but he was working on it. We never hired him, but I know he got rid of that speaking habit and it probably helped him immensely. You know what was funny about that conversation? The people in the office. I shared a space with three other people, and as I was coaching the candidate, the room got deadly quiet. When I completed the interview, someone piped up with, I can't believe you had that conversation with him. 
Apparently, it's revolutionary to help people. But I'm trying to build a business. I'm not going to let a bad speaking habit prevent excellent candidates from getting a chance. Now, at the same company, a couple days later, I had another situation with the candidate I was interviewing. He had to work with engineers, or this position needed to work with engineers. I worked with enough stamped professionals to know that specifics and communicating, it's required. I asked one of my favorite questions. What was the last system you learned and how many days, weeks, or months did it take you to become proficient in it? Now, this question isn't about the days, the weeks, or the months. It's about the digging into how the candidate learns, how they use their systems, how they look at modules, what they consider to be proficiency. Because I've met accountants that think being proficient in Excel means good formatting. They don't even know what a formula is. Seriously, they don't. But back to this candidate that was going to be working with engineers. I asked my question and his response, it was quick. So I replied, I understand that you feel it was quick, but that's a relative term. So what is quick? Is it 30 days? Is it 15 days? Mind you, I hadn't even gotten to the proficient discussion. He responded with, it was really fast. So my direct personality came right out. I explained to him that due to the position working with engineers, his ability to speak in direct numbers and absolutes was required. And I reframed the question. Okay, so please tell me in a specific number, how many days or weeks did it take you to become proficient in this program? He replied, not long at all. To which I replied, thank you for your time. I need someone who can listen to what I am asking and respond in kind. Being able to speak in absolutes is very important to this team. We won't be moving forward with you. Yep, I was direct. You know what? The hiring manager thanked me when I told her about that. She didn't want to work with someone who wasn't trainable. And to be clear, this was a six-figure position. I probably would have had more leniency on a person making less money. But at that level... People need to be able to take advice and direction as needed and reformulate quickly. So you see, I've talked about it in another podcast, but being available to coach potential staff and then watching them to see if they can absorb and implement the coaching, that's the winning recipe. Ooh, here's a bad habit. Mouth breathers. Oh my God, it's caused by excitement. Generally, it happens over the phone. At least, that's where it's most noticeable because the receiver is right up against their mouth. The issue is, once a person starts mouth breathing, their system, their brain, it actually turns from excitement to panic. It's like a built-in biological thing. The lizard brain probably thinks they're running from a cave lion or something. When that happens, I do a couple things. First, people are now fighting panic, which causes a vicious circle. So I step in. Hey there! You sound like you're a bit excited and it's causing you to be nervous. I've only been wrong once when asking this. Everyone else stated they were indeed nervous. I tell them, I can tell because their mouth breathing, it's picking up and they're likely fighting their nerves and not giving me their best answers. So I tell them, let's take a moment. Breathe deeply in the nose, out the mouth. When you get panicky again, Slightly constrict your throat and listen for the white noise in your head. 
One can really only pull this off inhaling through the nose, so it works to stop the mouth breathing and the candidate calms down. Once I can hear they are sufficiently calm, I change the subject back to the interview. So here's the strangest one that's ever happened to me. I was interviewing someone. They had told me over the phone they had moved here from South Africa. Now, I've interviewed people from all over the world, and accents, they come and go. She didn't have an accent, so I didn't think too much of it. I brought her in for a face-to-face interview, and halfway through the interview, this Dutch South African accent came out. It was surprising and somewhat bemusing, so we asked her about it. She said when she felt comfortable, she stopped hiding behind an American accent. Truly one of the more unique interviews I've been in. So why do I share this with you? Because your company, the opening you have, it's someone's jam. And giving them advice, even if you don't hire them, it might come back around. It's part of the relationship building aspect. It's the coaching and the mentoring. If you put yourself in that driver's seat, it will be more natural when you bring people on. You'll also be more likely to bring people on who can collaborate with you, challenge you, and follow through. You're putting good things out in the world. Maybe your advice will help them build somewhere else. Thinking a bit globally, it's good for you. It's good for the candidates. Good for the industry, community, the world, and your soul. It's good for your soul. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week, and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.